0: which is there? I Feel Cream. You are an In Your Face on 3CR with James. Three fabulous guests on today's show. Dina Kuri joins us. Ricky Spencer and Spiro Economopoulos from the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. But we do have entertainer and community stalwart Dina Kuri on the line. Dean, welcome back to the show.
1: Hello, hello.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: It's just superb to chat with you. And I was looking through your website before the show. You had such a busy march.
2: Look, I I mean, March, February, January, yeah, it's been really crazy. It's been wonderful. It's not like our Pride seasons have stopped in any way, shape or form, but, yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic.
0: Look, it's been a bit of a rollercoaster the last few weeks for the community uh, in the public realm, uh, but what have we got to look forward to over Easter and beyond?
2: Well, I think what's really fantastic is the fact that we're still seeing so much regional Pride kicking on now, like, we've had Midsummer, we've had Mardi Gras, and these are big, big events that have finally come back again that are getting all of our attention. But what's great is we've still got so much more happening with Pride Galas happening all over regional Victoria and even in regional New South Wales, which is fantastic. Even Castle Castlemaine Pride is just around the corner. We've just finished Bendigo Pride. And as silly as it sounds... I think everyone's still recovering from just trying to be out and about again. And next weekend, with it being a long weekend, being able to reconnect with your community or your chosen family, whatever way that may be over Easter, I think is really exciting for us
0: all. So what will you be doing over Easter?
2: Well, I, as per usual, will be running around taking photos and, and hosting events. That's uh, I, I don't get family time during holiday seasons. So I get I get family time at all the other bits and pieces. There's so much happening in Melbourne that I'm going to have the camera at the ready and be snapping away like crazy as well as hosting events at the land. just having a really wonderful time because it really is nice to be back out and about with everyone. I actually did photos at my first... I mean, it's not the first in a long while, but I did like a dance party the other night and we were all kind of laughing about how exhausted we all were after the first couple of hours because I think we need to retrain our bodies to kind of get back into the spirit of things. The mind is willing, but the body wants us to all take a bit more time.
0: That's what I love about you. Like if frock Hudson one minute, you're hosting trivia nights the next and then you're out and about with your camera. That's one thing that, you know, we need a bit of a reminder. You're a great photographer.
2: Look, I'm a jack of all trades. I guess I've, I've always been a performer and I, every time I kind of fell into another, another feather fell into my cap and I would just happily put another one there. And there's nothing I love more than taking pictures of our communities. I'm actually slowly but surely trying to get all of the uh, my database and pictures together to be able to give to the archives and put together on a website because during lock, all these lockdowns, I've been able to look at, I've got pictures from like 2014 from events. And, and it's really funny, every year you're trying to find pictures from past events and things to, to share with people. And you've got to find the people who are no longer together and, and find pictures where they're not in it and things like that. But I love taking photos of our communities because it's just so wonderful. And, and looking back on the past of those, is really
0: fantastic. So what are people in the community telling you? What are the burning issues at the moment?
2: You know what is really exciting? It's not that there are burning issues, but I think there's been a lot of conversations with people about what we're leaving behind, what we're putting forward more. The attention since coming out of, at least within Victoria, that I'm seeing within the way people are talking and what they're talking about and how they want to focus on things is to put the more marginalised further in the focus, which I don't think I've ever seen the conversation be so blatant's not the right word, but right there, and everyone's passion is for it. You know, the energy and tone is to make sure that we're thinking about our trans and gender diverse communities and people of colour and those who are further marginalised. In the past few weeks, I've had more people ask me questions about, our intersex um, communities and it's not like I have all the answers but the fact that people are asking I think something wonderful has happened in the past two years where we're getting out of that headspace of it always being and I, I, I am one so I'm going to say it about the cis gay white male and if you're not thinking about it then you're not paying attention because the conversations that we've been trying to have for years and we've been trying to put in the forefront are not only here but they're happening all the time so we just need to keep that energy going it's really exciting I I think I love, like, being able to be a part of a space where I can step aside and I can hear these conversations going on and know that it's not about me and it's just enriching our community all the more.
0: So it sounds like people that, you know, weren't particularly thoughtful about intersections and disadvantage have kind of started to think about it and become more progressive in the community. It sounds like there's a bit of a shift to the left. Is that what you're thinking? There
2: has been, but it's, it's not just about people who weren't necessarily thoughtful, a lot of people just didn't know how, and I think the past two years where we've had a forced pause in what we do and how we do it has made a huge difference to that change because it's taken a lot of air out of the equation. So nine out of ten times, I think, all of that energy that people were putting into, oh, but what about this? Oh, it's not about that, It was just bluster. And it's the blaster that people just do. And being able to have that breather and have that break has created this space for so many more voices and more people who are already being leaders but may not have been seen or may not have had felt like they had to fight to be seen to just do what they do. And it's, it's this fertile ground and growth that I'm seeing right now, and it's just making me feel really excited.
0: So do you think it was because people as you say were in lockdown they're on social media more and so they were being exposed to things on social media that they wouldn't necessarily have been exposed to if they hadn't been locked down?
2: I think it's it's because lockdown forced people to stop and and it took the wind out of sails that never necessarily needed to be there. You know how there's those people that always, they have to make the comment, they have to say something, and suddenly they, they didn't have to, and they didn't think to, and they just took a breather. And for ages, everyone keeps thinking, well, if I don't do this, no-one's going to. And what it made them do instead is actually look around at the fact that there's all these other things that that matter more. And, I mean, I know it's been a really, really exhausting week, at least here in Victoria for the trans communities, after a wonderful, wonderful trans day of visibility last week and really energised and and really focused on seeing our trans communities and hearing from them. And the last couple of days have been a little bit crap. But to see the elevation, the love, the direction and the focus on what should be said and should be said the right way about and towards our trans communities, it's been clear, it's been concise and it's been a shared opinion that everyone needs to go towards. And I I
0: think that's great. To what extent do you think we're seeing the benefits of the great community infrastructure that we have here in Queer Melbourne and Queer Victoria, you know, largely funded by the Andrews government and supported and implemented by really effective community organisations like Transgender Victoria, uh, like Thorn Harbour? I mean, the list just goes on and on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's really funny because having been a part of these conversations and hearing them for years, they're still saying the same things and they're helping to push us forward even more in the directions we need to go to. And all this work that they've been doing for years, and it has been years, and this intersectionality they've been talking about and the attention we need to focus on has happened now. And its we need to keep on listening and realising the back growth has worked i think we spent so much time thinking we keep banging our heads against the wall that things aren't changing but they have changed and now we just have to keep helping these organizations to do what they do listening to what they tell us and how and keeping to do our best to to think of others and think what we can do to help elevate our communities and keep sharing the important information that needs to be shared
0: and having that infrastructure and having that, you know, united community, that puts us in a good position going into what could be a very kind of, you know, fraught six weeks with the federal election campaign.
2: Yeah. And, and we're all, look, we're all very concerned about that. And I, mean, I, know, I know they are, are, all are as well because it will affect and change what they do and how they do it. But seeing that what they have done and what it has done for us I think is just going to make it stronger. It makes me feel more comfortable and safer because that foundation is not just there. It's there, it's strong, it's clear, and it's communicating.
0: Now, I saw you on Twitter doing a promo for Kylie Minogue performing in Gippsland in May. Tell us about that.
2: Well, A, a Kylie Minogue. So the Gippsland Pride um, initiatives are doing their annual Pride Gala, which they've only gotten to do once before we had two years of lockdowns. And they worked so hard to... It's such a huge area that wants to celebrate Pride in such a massive way. And their first gala was a May... So they're doing it again this year, finally. And uh, it's really exciting because we have Australia's number one Kylie impersonator, 100% Kylie, joining us on the night, which is really, really awesome. We're still, we still have one more announcement in regards to the lineup, but it's an amazing event that they've already sold over 300 tickets for. And the Gippsland Shire is, is a huge area with so many members of our communities that aren't supported in the way in which they should be, which was why the very first year when they did this gala, it was so very exciting and it meant so much to the community they they put so much work into this event they've organized buses to be able to get people to come to it and because you know they're just you know you never know how it's going to go it's a huge event that's happening but they've got it lined up so that everyone can feel safe secure glam up and have an amazing time it's really, really exciting. And to be able to have a huge supporter, um, like 100% Pilot, who's a huge supporter of uh, ally to our communities, not only a fantastic performer, so much fun, but a huge ally to our communities and making sure that we can be seen and elevated and heard. It's really exciting.
0: Dina Curie, love your energy, love your insights. Uh, thanks heaps for joining me today on 3CR.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. Dina Khoury, there you are on In Your Face on 3CR, and here's Alicia Keys.
3: He said, Count to five, Alicia, and I'm gonna be alright. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Adrenaline rushing in my body. All my parts just can fight. It. No matter how I keep on trying.
0: your keys there heartburn you are and in your face on 3cr with james joined on the line by ricky spencer ricky spencer is a disability rights advocate activist proud trans woman proud first nations woman and convener of the queer greens here in victoria ricky welcome to the show
1: and what a lovely introduction James. thank you
0: Ricky, it's always so wonderful to speak to you. I know it's been an incredibly challenging couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where do we start? We had a Greens councillor from Melbourne City Council make some comments about Mm -hmm. uh, conversion practices legislation in Victoria enabling uh transitions of gender diverse young people raising concerns about that that were very hurtful for the community sparked divisions within the greens uh what's your reaction to it uh please please, please tell yes. us what came up for you
1: yeah look look for me it was um I was very disappointed with the comments that um the councillor had made, and this is one of the things that I find annoying and I always tell about to people about you know are you using social media or Twitter? Uh, or whatever platform. And then, you know, we've had people who are liking his comments. It really does add to that um, whatever the comment is and if you like something and you're saying that you support that what uh, that particular council was saying in terms of that uh, if there are problems with, um, uh, you know, why we should allow young people to have access to those uh, life saving as I would call affirmative um, actions is so disappointing because unless you have that lived experience or you'd personally known somebody who's going through it, you know to make such a blatant statement on in a public privileged space is so disconcerting but what I would like to to tell everyone that is within the queer greens we have been assured by um the people that do count, that it is going, you know, that they don't feel that way, and that is an individual person's response. And I accept that everybody has a right to their opinion. I'm not about censoring that, but what I am disappointed is that, you know, we have within that space the party. You know, that's what the we have working groups, interest groups, where you can speak and know it, learn about it please don't make statements out in the public space if you have no understanding of that issue because it is, as you said, hurtful and harmful. But to me, that's something I'm used to because, as you know, my life has always been, and the people like myself have experienced this, um, what I call passive-aggressive weaponizing us in social media, you know, through the language. And then what I call ghosting, where you hide and you like something and then you have... You try and reframe that by saying, oh, well, I didn't know what that meant. You know, you can't retract that back because you put it out there. And all I can say that within our space that we've, we're setting up uh, a committee within the Creek Greens for people who identify as trans and gender non-conforming to really kind of put out that platform of what we are, who we are. And why we need the visibility and support. We're not there to take away from other people, but we're actually there that we just want to have a safe space within society and feel connected. And obviously, you know, hormone therapy is one avenue that really does help a lot of young people um, and older people with gender dysphoria, you know, having some control over their bodies.
0: Absolutely. Of course, the comments were made on Facebook in a private Facebook group by the councillor. It was leaked Mm. on social media. Uh, Hundreds of Greens members wrote an open letter to the Greens Party executive in Victoria, and they issued uh, an apology to the gender-diverse community here in in Victoria and beyond. Um, Did you have a role in that that apology? Um, I imagine you had quite a healing influence.
1: Well, I... Well, I did sign it, and I was very happy because one of the things, as we've talked about before, James, is that it's really difficult when you are somebody who's trans to always be the one that has to call people out when they're making something that is quite um, apparently transphobic, you know, in its nature, and it does incite hatred. But it to come from other people who weren't trans was quite. Um, pleasing, you know, and and I've said quite openly and publicly that I'm very disappointed that particular person has not reached out to myself or the Queer Greens um, and just explained themselves and to hear our, you know, our kind of understanding of why it is a disappointing view. But I am aware that people have the right to their own opinions. Um, I just, you know, and that's the other thing just to to say, whether it's public or private, forum if you do disclose a value that you write well then that that is your viewpoint and you can't say well you found out because it's in a private space you shouldn't have leaked it the reality is is that if you hold a particular value in a belief about um, say trans affirmation or um, surgeries and medications, you cannot then try and retract that in terms of saying, well, that was private and it shouldn't be released, and attack the source of where it came from. It has to go back to what you fundamentally have put down consciously, you know, uh, in a digital space, this is your belief. And that is so disappointing, but it doesn't represent everybody. And you know, as you know, I'm so proud of my transgender-diverse community You know, whether you're five years old or 105, you are loved, accepted, and we work tirelessly for everybody with other organisations, Transgender Victoria especially. Um, You know, we work hard to make sure that everyone feels safe and supported. So we will keep strong. As you know, I'm not, I won't sit down on this. I will make sure that every single person uh, within the Greens um, understands uh, transgender awareness and why it's important to support diversity because diversity will get us through the 21st century and you know we've just come out of transgender visibility day and being part of visible is having those sometimes difficult conversations to really get across to everybody that we are here for everybody we don't want extra we just want the same privileged rights that cisgendered Um, heterosexual people have had for, you know, for hundreds of years, um, in this space. And, you know, and that's, that's all we, all we're wanting is just to have the same access to resources and services and feel validated.
0: And the Greens did put out a very strong apology and a very affirming uh, statement about the gender-diverse community saying that trans rights were non-negotiable. Um, that Absolutely. must have been really reassuring. Can you tell us who wrote that letter? It was beautifully crafted.
1: It was, and I think I, I, I can't, you know, I'm bad with my memory. I would say it was. it came from a few people that got together who, you know, obviously felt strongly and wanted to support us and to, to really make sure that the message was clear and the language within that space was eloquently put so there's no hiding from the fact that, you know, our rights are fundamental, part of the core pillars of the, the, the Greens, that we do not tolerate um, and will accept transphobia. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of think within yourself... You know what it is, but I'm not about you know uh, demonising people because in my life I've all, I've, a lot of times I've been demonised and uh, hurt and, and and you know you know um, violent being violently um, assaulted. So for me, I just want people to grow in this and listen and maybe learn. And if you still have that opinion, okay, you hold it, but please don't put it out in a public space where you are privileged and have an audience, and then cause a lot of grief to people within our community who are still hiding or trying to deal with their identity in home spaces that may not be supportive. That's all I ask people to do is that. Please be respectful that there are a lot of young people who do look out on social media, and we want want affirmations. We don't want to be weaponised and demonised, because that has no purpose in 2022.
0: And it sounds like you would really welcome a phone call from the councillor to try and you know heal and and move forward for the party yeah. and and also for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's more like it's not me so much, but it's just to, to you know to the to the queer greens, especially you know a, a letter or an email to say to outline and you know to to come and hear our space because you know I'm all about. You know, I, I, yarning and talking and, and having things out. You know, it's all about working together, and it's okay to have a difference of opinion, but at least be open to listen and reflect, and realise that your words are powerful, and you are privileged, and that pri- with privilege comes responsibilities, and the responsibilities is about within the core greens pillars is social justice and access for all the community, you know, with all our intersectionalities, our gender um, affirmations, our sexualities, our ethnicities, um, disabilities, we are all welcome and everybody has a role, a place and a space within society.
0: You must be of the view, too, that the person that leaked the information, we don't know what their motivation was, but that had a, a terrible effect, terrible impacts on the community. Will the Greens be launching an investigation into that, into the leaking of information from that private Facebook group?
1: Oh, I, I think the focus now is, is really just to, to move forward and to really look at the fact that it's happened, but learning from. And so much good has come out of it in terms of, okay, we now are going to be more active in having, uh, you know, a committee uh, made up within who identifies trans and gender diverse to kind of really start the process um, of who we are, what we represent, what are the, the core issues in terms of affirming and and being part of an inclusive um, organisation. And that's what it is, because you'd find that I've always have, you know... You always have to look for the positive. And w- why waste that negative energy on saying, well, who leaked what, who said what? The main focus now is to say, OK, let's build. And in one way, we have to say, James, that if we look at a conversation has started, you know, and the conversation can now be built. And it's up to people who are privileged enough to have a voice in the community to stand up as allies, to say, no, I, would, I do not support... Uh, a view that is harmful or, you know, I do I do want to say that, you know, transgender people, you know, everybody is equal. Everybody has, should have access to resources. And, do, you know, that's what we, we're trying to do now. There's many of us, you know, behind the scenes and in, in many spaces that out of our time, you know, we don't get paid for it. You know, we do it because we care about the community. And for us, it's about affirming every single person. So when I do this, I do this for that young five-year-old child who feels so out of place in their body and in home environment because I want them to feel safe. And I'm hoping that through this there'll be more uh, maybe conversations around the home where people will start saying, you know what, it's okay to be different. Difference is good. Difference means that we are creative, we are part of of a community of difference. And difference is what gets us through and allows us to grow.
0: Absolutely. Ricky, on a personal note, I mean, your advocacy and activism covers so many intersections. It seems like you're everywhere. What have you been up to (laughs) lately? It's been incredible watching it on Facebook. What
1: can I say? Well, look, I just want to let everyone know. I'm so excited. I'm convincing a series on Bent TV that's starting and we're going to be commencing late April with interviewing. So there's two shows. One is just the usual, uh, the, well not usual but you know, queer, face, queer spaces, queer voices in the community. What's happening at the grassroots level to get everybody kind of involved and connected post-COVID. And the other space that I'm so excited about is called Queer Black Greens. Oh sorry I was saying Queer Black uh, spaces and voices where we will be talking about people especially in Victoria the Koori Pride uh, committee work, people doing all sorts of fabulous uh, work around the communities, young people um, really bringing and showcasing that to a live uh, space and then hopefully my, my biggest goal in life is having those young kids watching it in their own time to see you know what, wow, we matter you know, our voices matter and that whether you are from stolen generation or it, it, it you're, we value identity queer black identity is important so that's 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 the exciting thing I'm so excited about James the other one that I'm just overly overly I can't contain myself <laughs> I have to tell you and it's a venture that we're doing um, through with Thorn Harbour Health um, and it's Peter Crow and myself I commencing a national um Uh, Yarning uh, peer uh, peer support Yarning group which will commence in April, the last uh, week of April on a Thursday for one hour on Zoom and we'll be reaching out to every queer um, Black person around Australia to connect and what we want to build is a a kind of community we're going to bring music we're going to bring um, story times, we're going to bring so much richness to develop our space that I am just overly excited um at that as well and you know everything I do I do it because it gives me a a zest for life you know I feel as though you know this is my family so when you don't have a um biological family you know your affirm family becomes that so I do it for the community and I'm just so excited to be out there and do as much as I can while I'm still here.
0: And the community is so lucky to have you. I love your spirit. I love your energy. I love what you contribute to the community. Ricky Spencer, always a huge honour and pleasure to chat with you on 3CR. Thank you so much. Oh,
1: thank you so much. And everybody out there, don't forget, tomorrow, Geelong Pride. Come along for the journey. Looking forward to it.
0: Cheers, Ricky. Bye. Bye. The wonderful Ricky Spencer there. You are and in-your-face on 3CR, and here's Sarah Blasco. <laughs>
3: do you wake at night wishing you'd rely on some-
4: I like it.
0: There with their new romantics classic Stand and Deliver. You are and in, in Your Face on 3 C with James. Well, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival has a mini festival running from April 29 to May 1st. On the line, we have their program director, Spiro Economopoulos. Spiro, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me on. It's yeah, f- and that was a good uh, music segue into that as well, i got to say.
0: Well, I've got to say it is because Trams is <laughs> your opening film. Tell us all about it. It's got a real new romantic flavour.
1: Well, absolutely. That's what that's what I mean. So, Tramps is a, a really excellent uh, UK documentary. Uh, it's actually Canadian uh, filmmaker, but it, it's set um, in the eighties uh, and looks at the new romantic scene um, that played out in the UK um, back then, and very much in particular about the uh, the queer people at the centre of that, uh, in terms of the the, the queer clubs and uh, the the clothes stores and you know all the all the squats as well, where all these different communities and artists emerge from, and, uh, and some really interesting Australian connections in there, like people like Lee Bowery coming out of it, and of course, you know we get a lot of that Boy George and a lot of the other. Um, Uh, musicians that came out of it and really made this into this very brief but exciting cultural um, uh, moment in the 80s.
0: Absolutely. And so political, you know. uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, activism through the ashes of Thatcherism rising above like a phoenix and just creating so much in terms of fashion. And political statements, it really was quite extraordinary.
1: And it was a real kind of, uh, I think, a response to the, the, the uniform look of the of the punk movement of the time. And this was like a real response against that. Against that, So there was this incredible flamboyance to their looks and a really interesting kind of dress and sensibility to it, which is really exciting.
0: So many great films. You have one called Shall I Compare You to a Summer's Day. Tell us about that one
1: yeah this is a really wonderful uh movie which is i guess it's a, a you can call a quad a modern queer musical which mixes arab folk tales and egyptian pop music um and it's basically uh essentially the filmmaker ruminating on uh his personal experiences in relationships and sex but uh basically bringing it back to these old traditional stories like the Thousand and One Night Arabian Tales and uh, really giving it a very contemporary, fun, playful spin. It's a really, really great, fun movie um, that uh, I think it's a story that we don't sort of see told in this way as well many times.
0: One I find absolutely fascinating is Pure Grit, a film from Ireland about a Native American lesbian bareback horse racer.
1: Yeah Pure Grit is really wonderful. Uh it's a very really um fantastic documentary about a bareback horse riding uh champion who is very much wanting to get into the the A game of of her level. Um but it's it, it's a lot about uh, this is a young Native American woman as well, and it's about the the social constraints um, that are holding holding her back. Um, but also, this is you know ultimately I think a very uplifting story as well. It's about those relationships that um, kind of hold her together and strengthen her, like her girlfriend Savannah, which um, really sort of plays out in the documentary. And so it's a really it's a really great doco.
0: The perfect David explores comparative bodybuilding produced in Argentina and Uruguay.
1: Yeah, this is um, a really interesting film uh, about I suppose uh, you can ultimately say this is a little bit about toxic masculinity, about that that space that exists within the sports um, industry that uh, fosters that a little bit, unfortunately. And it's about a young boy who uh, is uh, competing to become a champion bodybuilder, but very much uh, driven by his mother's obsession um, to get him into the A-game and how much this clashes with his own developing queer um, sexuality, which is emerging, um, as is as is getting closer to achieving that. So it's a really really interesting film, and it's beautifully made. I think the filmmaker has approached it in a really interesting um, in interesting way. So okay, you could call it a coming of age story, but I think one that we haven't seen done in this way before.
0: Yes, yeah, South American filmmakers so often have such a beautiful way of depicting stories, don't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think this is actually a very exciting space in terms of queer cinema at the moment. There's a lot of really great films coming out of there.
0: Sediments, uh, a Spanish film about six trans women who travel to Lyon, is presented at the Mini Festival in partnership with Transgender Victoria.
1: Yeah, Sediments um, is a really, really wonderful film and a really interesting hybrid documentary fiction which essentially the filmmaker... Uh, got together these six trans women um, and got them to um, develop the story along with them in terms of telling their own personal stories and sort of feeding it into this narrative, which is basically about six women who come together and go travelling around the town of Lyon, exploring um, interesting landscapes, um, and it's about their friendships that develop and the, and the, the bond that they kind of um, that comes out of this as well. And I think. It's a really interesting uh, way of storytelling that's really emerging within trans films as well, which I think is quite interesting. That hybrid, docudrama, the, the mixing of the documentary and the fiction as well. I think it's it's really interesting.
0: A great piece of queer history is uh, No Ordinary Man about American jazz musician Billy Tipton. What can you tell us about Billy? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, as I was talking about sediments, this is another fantastic example of um, that way that trans filmmakers are going back into history and uh, basically adapting their stories and telling their own stories as well. I think what's important to note about this particular story about a very famous American jazz musician called Billy Tipton who basically lived their life as as a man, Married, but after their death, it was revealed that uh, Billy was trans. And I think this is a story that's played out a little bit throughout history. And um, this is a really interesting look at the way that trans filmmakers are subverting that narrative and putting themselves in the story front and centre, whether it's behind the camera and in front, and uh, really kind of playing with that idea of who is telling that historical story, which has been mainly, I think... um, absent, I think, in, in a lot of times when we are looking at, at these historical
0: figures. Of course, the French presidential elections kick off, the first round kicks off this weekend. Uh, French politics is always pretty uh, highly charged. And of course, uh, yeah. the political film about activism in a hospital, the divide uh, with a lesbian lead, sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah, well, I've got to say this is probably more timely than what we imagine, which is really, um, really interesting. Uh, the divide, which also uh, won the uh, the Cannes Film Festival Queer Palm for Best Film last year, which is really exciting. And uh, the film is about uh, these two women who are basically on the verge of a a breakup and one of them ends up in hospital after falling down and they both end up in the middle of this wider uh, political context in terms of all these demonstrations that are happening outside. So I think that it's like the outside kind of, reflecting back in on this very intimate kind of personal story that's happening within the hospital. And, uh, yeah, it's a really kind of powder keg in terms of all the political and, I think, social um, points that the film brings up. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting film.
0: There's so much great queer cinema and TV coming out of Hong Kong at a time when the government's trying to repress it all. And you've got The First Girl I Loved. Tell us all about that.
1: Yeah, I think these are really important stories to tell as well for that reason, actually. And I think uh, this is a movie about two women who uh, reconnect after a long time um, at, at a wedding uh, and uh, the film flashes back to their time at school and about their their developing relationship and love story back then. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's ultimately an interesting movie that is about those relationships that these young women form in a very informative time of their lives in school. And I think, uh, um, yeah, the film does it really beautifully, I think.
0: Of course, Taiwan has pretty progressive queer politics and a beautifully named film is showing at your mini festival called Fragrance of the First Flower.
1: Yeah, I think it's a beautifully named film as well. I got to say, yeah, this is um a, bit, a similar narrative uh, in terms of uh, in in regards to the first girl I love, uh, two women again reuniting at a at a mutual friend's wedding, um and this is uh, an, an opportunity for them to reflect about their relationship when they were at high school and um, rekindle that that fire that they have for each other back then. Um, develops again when the women is married, of course, and which causes complications. Uh, this is based on a, a web series and it was part of Series Mania uh, and the film's presenting here as it's in its entirety as a feature. And, uh, yeah, look, I think it's a really interesting film that um, explores female sexuality and desire in a really adult, um,
0: interesting way. Tell us about Benediction from the UK.
1: Yeah, Benediction. This is a really fantastic movie about the first world poet, pizza soon. It's directed by Terence Davies who I think is one of the great queer filmmakers who did uh, some really wonderful movies like Long Day Closes and Distant Voices Still Lives. and uh, this is his most recent film and I think a really sensational movie that looks at um, this incredible poet who was also um, a, an advocate for um, an anti-war advocate as well. I think it's a really powerful movie.
0: Another Canadian film, Wildwood.
1: Yes, Wildhood is a, a great story, which is a, a First Nation story as well. About a, a young boy who uh, goes on the road, essentially, with his young brother to discover his roots um, in, in, in the way of fight, trying to find his long lost mother, essentially, um, and uh, meets up with another queer uh, First Nation uh, boy, and it's about that developing relationship and romance, and kind of connecting back to his community, his identity. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a really, a really important story.
0: So what's your main recommendation? I mean, you put this amazing program oh together <laughs> as the program director. What's the must see for you?
1: Oh, look, you know, it's always hard making that choice. I want everyone to see everything, of course, but, uh, I will, uh, I will kind of say that, uh, I would particularly point people towards films like Tramps, and I'm only saying this is a personal thing because, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s, and obviously that scene is uh, something that means a lot to me. And also, shall I compare you to uh, Summer Days, uh, which is uh, also on the same night, uh, which I just think is a really um, interesting uh, film in terms of the storytelling that it brings to that particular narrative as well. And you know, But you know what? They're all good. So, I, you know, I think they're definitely two leaks to, to check out
0: and great to have a film uh, produced in Lebanon, Germany, and Egypt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a, I think this is a really interesting story um, that uh, uses gay Arab culture and desire, and it's a very sex-positive film as well, which I think is fantastic too.
0: You must have been so excited when you saw Tramps. I can just imagine you going, I really want that to open.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. And this is actually the... just closed the B5 Flare um, Film Festival that was their closing night film. So this is an Australian premiere. So we were super excited about that. And I think, um, yeah, I think uh, anyone who kind of grew up at that time would realise how important it was to see mainstream music championing all these really incredibly queer androgynous artists like Boy George and Marilyn. And, you know, I think it was, It's we sort of forget, I think, In some ways, how forward and revolutionary that kind of scene was, in a way.
0: And having a mini festival really kind of shows how the festival is evolving as well. Like, tell us about, you know, what led you to have this fabulous mini festival.
1: Yeah, look, I think it was really important for us to come back in cinemas, firstly, which I think was a great thing. I think the the mini-festival really says a lot about the fact that there is so much great queer content out there. And and for us, I think it's really important to be engaging with our audience throughout the year and not just the main festival, uh, which is in November. And I think it's an opportunity to, to, to reconnect, um, maybe show some of the films that we've missed out for various reasons uh, in the last festival, and just kind of... I think, uh, as a festival, keep abreast of all the all the interesting queer stories that are being told and are out there.
0: Absolutely. Well, Spiro Economopolis, congratulations. It's a beautifully curated Melbourne Queer Film Festival mini-festival runs April 29 to May first. Thank you so much for joining me today on 3CR. I love it.
1: Oh, such a pleasure to be on. Thank you.
0: Spiro Economopolis there. We are out of here. Jacob is up next with a Friday rave, taking us out of the cure with primary. And so we'll be back in a fortnight because next Friday, Good Friday, is the 3CR appeal for Good Friday. So uh, we'll catch you in a fortnight on In Your Face. <music>